Hello and welcome to a playlist of everything. And today's episode is looking at love and romance. Love and romance. This isn't a song or words, I'm just singing. Yes, we're doing <laughs> romance and love today. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very soppy, Wilkes. I'm feeling very loved up and happy. Beautiful, that's lovely to hear. Uh... Hey, we can be romantic, you and I. Not together. Probably not together, but... So we are gonna, we're gonna fully embrace the idea of romance, the idea of uh, whisking a significant other off their feet or having a passionate conversation speech in the rain. Other cliches are available. Um, yeah. Yes. I think well said. I stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you always do that. You never listen to me. Okay, so let's start with film. I honestly thought it'd be easier than it was. Um, and I ended up going down quite a deep rabbit hole of re-watching most of the uh, romantic, romantic comedy films that I'd seen in my life and having to really determine whether or not the movie's actually any good. And I've got to tell you, I've, I've had some eye-opening experiences with some movies. Some, you know, some that I even thought were stone cold classics. Yeah, you rewatch in the cold light of day, you know, many years after it's come out, and you think, that's not as good as I remember. Oh, I'm saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah, now what I have tried to do is I've been very strict on making sure that my choices are all about the romance because films, TV, and music, they always like to have a little bit of a love story involved but I want that to make sure that that's my main focus on each of my choices. So I've even swayed away from things like rom-coms and in the TVs, you know, where there's a comedy and there's a romance. Yeah, I've sort of tried to keep away. I'm going for full-on romance as a genre. I'm so intrigued that I would like you to go first this time on movies. Coming from... Um, okay, yeah. this is probably one of the safest choices i think for proper romance films it's not the funniest it's just pure love it was a magic i've gone for summer. the notebook noah was a country boy ali was from the city they met the night of the carnival they had nothing in common but after seeing ali that night something inside noah snapped will you go out with me no no Damn, my head's slipping. Okay, fine. I'll go out with you. No, don't do me any favors. No, I want to. Say it again. I want to go out with you. All right, all right. We'll go out. <sighs> they fell in love, didn't they? Yes, they did. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yes. I'm going to say, up until recently, this was a blind spot. Was was a movie I hadn't seen. But it's fine. Yeah, it's a lovely love story in, from 2004. Um, written by Cliff Sparks and it stars Ryan Gosling who is a favourite and Rachel McAdams who I'm a big fan also of. Also is a favourite. Yeah. yeah and you yeah. can't really go wrong with this and it's about forever love isn't it? Eternal yes. love. It is good. It's nice. Good, no problems with it. I, I think because <clears throat> it gets 
rated highly. I perhaps slightly expected more from it. But did you? Uh, were you aware of the twist at the end? Or not the twist, but the reveal. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't aware, but I'd figured it out within about 10 minutes. It's it's very obvious. I think, though, that's part of that is because you, you're expecting it because it's been repeated. It's been copied since. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that's that, that's a bad thing about the movie that I thought it was. But the movie's not about figuring out a twist. This isn't Shutter Island or actually that I thought their sort of breakup before they sort of got back together kind of thing didn't feel really bad. And that was sort of what I was insinuating some rom-coms particularly, I know this isn't a rom-com, this is a romantic drama, fall out. They, they have to go through a big breakup that, I mean, sometimes I really, like, you're like you, you just won't forgive them or it would be so hard to look past that, whatever. This doesn't have, I mean, it does have that breakup, but it's, it feels very believable and it feels very, you support kind of both sides. It doesn't turn either one into, you know, a bad person. And then you're happy when they, you know. Yes, it's um, it's not really flaws in the character. It's more that their life paths go different ways so they can't be yes. together. So they have to get back together, which is, again, why I think it's your pure romantic film. Because we've, yeah, I think we're going to get into this later. But a lot of, especially romantic comedies, there's that there's always the breakup and sometimes it's caused by the most ridiculous flaws in a character, which like you said before, you just wouldn't get back together. He's a psychopath or she's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, it's good. It's nice. It's nice. Um, I think that's going to be said a lot where we just go. Yeah, it's lovely. It's nice because it's not my favorite film in the world, but it's the most romantic film I could think of. My first pick. Okay. Is um, a, a very simple, straight, uh, easy tapping goal, and that is when Harry met Sally. Men and women can't be friends because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him too. I need to talk. What happened? What's the matter? Harry came over last I night. I went over to Sally's last night. Because I was upset that Joe was getting married. And one thing led to another. And before I knew it, we were kissing. To make and a then long story short, we, we did, did it. They did it. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you've gone for that. That's very solid. Yeah, happy with that one. And again, much like The Notebook, I was very late to this movie. Obviously, this movie was made in 1989. Um, it was written by Nora Ephron, who's a classic um, rom-com writer. She's done some of the best um, some of the most well-known ones. Um, and I think this is definitely up there, directed by Rob Reiner, and it stars Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan as the titular um, Harry and Sally. It's it's probably one of the best rom-coms in terms of a very naturalistic and nice relationship that grows over a period, a, quite a long period of time to make you feel happy when they eventually get together yeah that's that's i think that's the best thing i can i can say about it 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 doesn't feel contrived they don't have to manufacture drama for them they you, they introduce harry and sally one as they're driving off to university or college as they call it and they have a really bad but quite acute 
um, journey. So he's a bit obnoxious and she's very strong minded and they sort of rub against each other badly, but in a, with, with, a, with, with a few sparks, you know, like classic. Um, and, but then, but then you don't see them again, uh, or they don't really reconnect again until they've left um, college and they're working and they're making their way through life. And then there's a they have relationships. They both get married, or Sally nearly gets, and then they reconnect again. So it's just this this constant these friends that people that you know in your life, and then you just gravitate to. It's one of the few rom coms I said that doesn't have a big. Yes, they fall out with each other, but that's because of personality and bickering and other stuff in their life. What else it does that elevates it is, is a cracking um, secondly B relationship, which is Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby's character um, when they get together halfway through the movie and they just show a wonderful relationship that starts very quickly and goes very quickly. It's really nice as well. So there's two relationships almost like different ends of the spectrum of each other but they married each other because they actually one they get really quick and they don't have to wait 20 years to realize they like each other they're just like yeah this is perfect this is fine and it's really nice what i like about when harry met sally is they also seem quite equal don't they they're both the on-screen chemistry is good yeah okay well my next one keeping to my theme i've gone mm -hmm. for one of the oldest love stories ever but reversioned because I've gone for Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. In fair Verona, where we lay our scene, two households, both alike in dignity. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. A pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. Who is it that you love? Gentle Romeo, I felt death love. Pronounce it faithfully. My heart's dear love is set on the fair daughter of rich Capulet. Romeo! Thou art a villain sharing someone else's story. Titan's gone! Titan's gone! Romeo, stoke tibbles! Romeo, fuck that man! My only love sprung from my only hate. Romeo! Oh, okay. Wow. Is this cheating? I don't know because I feel like this is cheating, and I feel, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it because I feel like if I'd gone for it, you would have rolled your eyes and gone, yeah, but you're just picking Shakespeare, and you put Shakespeare in any category, um, and it should win, and it's and it's best because well, Shakespeare. I'm not going for Shakespeare in love <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's not that's not a shakespeare thing that's a it's got him in it weird no i think this but, is go on it, well i haven't gone for the original romeo and juliet because it is quite dull but what baz lerman does with this is keeps the text but puts it in modern times and it's just again a joy to watch with a great soundtrack leonardo dicaprio in one of his earlier roles yeah yeah so you're not happy with this choice I'm fine with this choice. It's a good movie. You're, you're, you are, you're not wrong, but I just feel like you've picked the archetype romantic love story, and it's a tragedy. So it's it's yeah. not it's not necessarily a happy story. And you, we could get into its problematic themes of a 14 year old with a 16, 17 year old, whatever. But 
That's me just trying to pick it. It's Shakespeare. I can't and also the modern version doesn't focus on their age. It, it <laughs> doesn't talk about how old they are. And there's some just great moments as well. The fish tank, you know, um, looking through that. and Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is a great adaptation. It's a great um, version of it. I love that it's modern day, but all in the um, prose of Shakespeare. Um, so it makes it really, it, it, do, it gives it something passionate. It's Shakespeare. Shakespeare. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's 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 what everyone knows is the first romance tragedy romance story they know. I mean, yeah. I you talk like Shakespeare does write shit as well though. Oh, well, I... He can't write a comedy. He's wrote loads of good comedies. Like I mean, no, he hasn't. It's... I've seen a lot of Shakespeare comedies and they're not funny. Twelve Nights. Yeah, but they, they were for the, the time. You can't... You I know, know, but people pretend they're still funny now. They're like, oh, it's hilarious, Midsummer's Night Dream. They were, yeah, they were... Oh, of course they are. You're just being ridiculous. Well, I'm not. I've just chosen a... they're still funny. You can't just defend Shakespeare and say everything he did was good. I'm just saying he was good at this stuff and was bad at others. He's good at comedy. That was his main bread and butter. What's your favourite... Shakespeare comedy. Ah, I would say, um, I don't know, uh, Twelfth Night's good. And why is that not been, well, it has been remade, but not successfully. Been, really. They've all been remade. Yeah, but not very well. They're not funny, are they? I'm not, they're not going to appear on our list. <laughs> Unless we do a Shakespeare theme. Much Ado About Nothing is funny. It's good. That's been remade recently. That was, <laughs> that was by Josh Whedon um, the last time that was remade. Still not as well as a Romeo and Juliet or a Hamlet. Well, when was the last good Hamlet Lion that King. wasn't animated? Oh, <laughs> well, that's what I said, liking. Anyway, what is your next one? Okay, so you've gone highbrow. Here I come crashing in with the most, well, with very lowbrow and the most Martin film I think there's ever been made. And that is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Hey, what's up? I'll leave you alone forever now. You know this one girl with hair like this? Yes, that's Ramona Flowers. She's out of your league. You know her? Tell me now. She just moved here, got a job at Amazon. I have to order something really cool. What was that all about? If we're gonna date, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. So what you're saying is we are Dating? I guess. Does that mean we can make out? Sure. Maybe next time we don't date the girl with 11 evil ex-boyfriends. Okay. Oh, that's not that bad. Oh, yeah, I looked at this. Um, I don't think it's that romantic. I think it's really good. Um, so, firstly, I'm just going to say, got to put it out there. I rewatched this again. I, I, I liked it when it came out. And I, and I watched it last week and it reminded me how much I genuinely like this movie. And I think this movie is wildly underrated and it's really good. So there's a few things. So there's Scott Pilgrim versus the world, 2010 romantic action comedy, co-written, produced and directed by Edgar Wright. And you've got Michael Cera and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. The humor, it is like a real good, almost masterclass in meta and dry humour. And it's full of all the, I don't know, some of the greatest uh, female ensemble of current of the current age. It's got all the sort of pixie dream girls that are like in everything now. So Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza, um, Alison Peel, 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It's just got a great cast. There's a load of um, big cameos, Chris Evans, uh, Brandon Roth, uh, Jason Schwartzman, and they play this really deadpan comedy. In a comedy? What is, yes, comedy. <laughs> in what is a ridiculous fantasy world where basically every, it, it runs like a computer game. So there, there are onomatopoeic speech bubbles on screen there are things that happen very like a um, it looks like a comic book game. where's the romance like mine book. you haven't spoken about the, the romance. romance is between michael Sarah and uh, mary elizabeth winstead and actually what it does it does a couple of things really well towards the end it leads into the the usual rom-com cliches of love conquers all love is uh, this power that should conquer all so michael Sarah through it is an arsehole for a lot of the movie. He's he he doesn't understand his effect on other people. He's got a trail of um, people that have fallen for him, and then he's passed on because he's he's just a bit of uh, a sort of a waster. But in that kind of a he's he's a fantasist, and he doesn't he hasn't found the right person. So there's lots of really good fights, and that's another thing I really like about this movie. It yeah, takes the no action quite seriously. There's romance in it. It's like high There's a lot of romance, because it's all about how each other treats each other. So it's the whole idea is how room. your baggage, how your emotional baggage comes off, and you don't deal with it properly, you can't have a good romance. So right at the very end, when he's like, because right I, I love you, and he pulls out this love sword, he loses. And then he has to do, he, has, he gets a second chance and stuff. And it's actually the second chance is self-respect. And he basically wins by apologizing to all the people he's been awful to and then making up to the main girl who's amazing and actually does fall for him. And, and she's, she's um, you know, really too good for Michael Sarah. Again, it's great. It's a great little romantic uh, story like that where you're- me. Just like high fidelity, isn't it? It's just like, it's got that as its background, but that's not really. It's just a, you know, it's a, you know, something like Spider Man's got more romance in it than. Oh, I don't. Th I think you haven't seen it uh, enough to 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 be able to realise the sort of romance between them and actually how well how good chemistry that they have with each other. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I just don't know. Saying that, my next choice. <laughs> I've just suddenly thrown it in, and it's more of a just. I really like this film, and it's not that so... funny. So this but it's is quite romantic. Last choice, yeah. Okay, interesting. So I, I've sort of said I've tried to keep away from romantic comedies, and I actually think this isn't. This is more of a romantic film than a comedy film. It's definitely got more romance in it than Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> or maybe on a part. I don't know. But I've gone for the Wedding Singer. <laughs> I'm about to marry a wedding singer? Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! You're the wedding singer. How you doing? I'm Ravi. I'm Julia. You are the worst wedding singer in the world, buddy! Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! The Wedding Singer. I said hip-hop. A hip to the hip to the hip-hip-hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang-bang-boogie. Say up-jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat. <gasps> Yes! One of the ones I picked. Oh, did you? I only you, just... I thought you would go for. I just threw it so back random. in. Yeah, one of the... Um, probably, I think Adam Sandler's only done about five good films, and this is one of them. 
and it came out in 1998 and it was a bit of a surprise hit really um set in the 80s that helps it a lot that makes it just so good to watch but i avoided it because like it is actually a it's more of a comedy really and i thought about it and i thought it's not like jokes per minute and it's just nice characters and it is just a love story really quite obvious because um i remember watching the trailer for this and it made it look like it was the funniest film ever and kept focusing on the um the old lady, the grand doing a rap. Yes. And it was just like, oh, that looks hilarious. And I don't think that even made the film really, or it's only used very slightly. And it's like a completely different film to what it looks like. But it's basically wedding singer gets left at the altar himself and then hates weddings. Yes, yes. Until he falls in love with Drew Barrymore. I um, remember really liking it when it when I did see it, when it came it's out. It's very easy to watch. And, um, yeah. But Drew Barrymore's, um, who plays Julia in it, she... Um, She's going, she's engaged to this guy called Glenn. And I think he's up there as one of the worst sort of the other guy. You know how you get some, like, I think Bradley Cooper in Wedding Crashes, he's pretty bad. Yeah. But Glenn in this, he's like, there's not an ounce you can like about him. So it makes it quite satisfying when he gets his comeuppance and stuff like that. But it's also very, it's a, it's a bit of a musical because Adam Sandler writes a few songs in it. And it's got a beautiful ending on the plane with... um. <laughs> when he goes into first class and sings "Growing Old with You," which yeah itself has been you people have nicked that for weddings themselves. Yeah, is that uh, is a cameo from um, Billy Idol? Billy Idol in it as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so I've thrown it in last minute. Um, I'll tell you at the end what <laughs> I what I ditched for it. <sighs> Interesting. I'm not sure what my last pick is now. I'm, I've, I've had two that keeps going in and out. Okay, one's very problematic and the other one's not very good, but I like it. <laughs> okay, go for the problematic one. I'll go with the problematic one. Because then we could discuss more, it. There's more to talk about. Okay, this is, this is probably my favourite coming of age uh, teen romantic drama. It's full of problems, but um, it's based on a problematic... It's supposed to be, that's the idea. And it is Cruel Intentions. You know, you could be a model. It's too bad you're not sexy. I can be sexy. You know what would be super duper sexy? If you lost all the clothes. Huh? I'm sick of sleeping with these insipid Manhattan debutantes. Nothing shocks them anymore. Well, you can relax. I have a mission for you. Happy hunting, Sebastian. Ciao. Do you think you could arrange a little get-together? Hmm. Don't think this isn't going to cost you. God, you're beautiful. Boldly go where no man has gone before. People shouldn't experience the act of love until they are in love. Do you mind if I take my new car for a ride? I can't win with you. It's not about winning, Sebastian. <laughs> Will you stop? It's okay, you can laugh. She's really getting you, isn't she? I'm completely infatuated with her. We're destroying an innocent girl, you do realize that. You're just a toy, Sebastian. Get it together. Let me know when you do. I thought we were just gonna be friends. Is she for real? Stop it. Quite the predicament you're in. Cruel intentions. My advice is to sleep with as many people as possible. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that is problematic. It's supposed to be. It's I know, you know, based it's on the French 
uh, novel, uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I picked this, the reason why this one hovered, it came back, it was, it's one of the movies that had the biggest influence um, on me at the right time, the right age. It helped shape, that sounds very bad because of the, the nature of the movie. It's about two spoiled rich kids who use their sexuality and coercion to get popularity and get ahead in high school. And they are, they're able to manipulate men and, and girls around them and they make this pact to take down someone, to absolutely destroy this one person's reputation by seducing her before school starts. So when they get back to school, they can spread the rumor, show the rumor that she, this girl is a, a slut. Just to bring it back, if, if you're not, if no one's sure, Cruel Intentions is a 1999 American teen romantic drama. It was directed by Roger Crumble and Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Philippe and Reese Witherspoon and Selma Blair. It, it's, it's a great cast for the time as well. Great soundtrack. It's an amazing soundtrack. It looks glorious. This is one of the first uh, movies I had on DVD and it's one of the first movies I've, I watched all the way through with the uh, director's commentary as well. <laughs> I had such a, such a fondness for this movie. It did a lot and though he's a terrible, terrible role model and person, but Ryan Philippe's character in this, I don't know, I, I, I sort of coming of age kind of things, talking to women, you know, all the early stuff where he wasn't being quite so mean and, and the later stuff when he was trying to change his ways. It just it just helped with this kind of coolness, smoothness with, with, with talking to um, girls. Again, that makes me sound it terrible. It scared me, this film. It blew my mind too much. I was sort of thinking, I'm okay. I'm sort of 13, 14. I've got my N64. Oh, there's girls. Oh, I like girls. They're good. You know, then you probably get, I'll probably marry one one day. That's later on. And then I watched this. I went, what is going on? I have to work all this out. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weirdness. But the romance. So actually when he falls for Reese Witherspoon's goody two-shoes, that's the, the whole idea. Like he, he, he's supposed to seduce her and bring her down. But he actually falls for her. And he changes. And he finds compassion and realises how manipulative and hurtful what he does to people is but their actual relationship albeit short and sweet is is this it's very melodramatic so it means for the the scenes they're together the scenes they're falling in love the scenes they're becoming the time he laughs for, uh, for the first time truly and honestly without a shield without this kind of persona it is lovely. It's beautiful. It's a really nice relationship. And they ended up being together for um, quite some time afterwards. I, I believe they even got married, although they're divorced now. But, you know, what can you do? Um, you can only judge the film. It was a lovely romance. And one of the best scenes, or the best scene in the movie, is when they break up. When he has to go and break up with her. Because um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character has got into his head, saying he's become quote-unquote like a pussy because he's been pussy whipped because he's fallen in love with someone and breaking him down telling him how weak it is that he actually fell for someone and has genuine emotions just because they're so they're both so closed off or were and so evil for each other that he feels that having a genuine emotion genuine connection with someone was terrible he has to go and break up with her and it makes for this really wonderfully intense 
tearful scene. And granted, they all get their comeuppance. So that's a good thing that saves the movie. The movie is not in any way telling the audience that these two people are good people. All the way through, you know they're bad people. Yeah, I, I'm glad you went for Cool Intentions. It's a good... It's, it's good. Also a cool I'm glad one. I did too. I'm glad I did too, because it's actually a good movie. And I think it's been forgotten about now. It's, it's, it feels of a time. And perhaps the long extended lesbian kiss feels a bit gratuitous these days. It's, With the spit. Yeah. So what other films were you thinking of? So shall I tell you what I just crossed out? Yes, please. I was going to have A Star Is Born and I just thought, I don't know actually. I enjoy oh, the film. Good. It's a great film, but the romance is... I think that film is really good. Um, the only reason I didn't choose that is a similar one. Well, it's exactly the same reason I didn't choose... Um, because a musical and then you know richard curtis films so oh okay we, I've got, I've got we did love that we did love actually at christmas why we have gone off it yeah i watched a bunch of richard curtis films and when i was talking at the first start about movies that seem of a time and don't age well almost all of his movies even the new ones he's done feel like they're of a time of the 90s yeah like yesterday i thought was an awful film awful film awful film his best that i found in the ones that i watched is actually about time yeah but i re-watched four weddings and a funeral I've in this thinking that that would be a uh, nailed on one it's not a good movie anymore i don't know why i even thought of it i remember when i watched it of the, closer to the time it came out i thought it was really funny i could not find the funny bits this time round. I couldn't find the love story believable because it's awful. Andy Medell. She's awful oh, in it. You know, she's, she's bad in it. The, 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 the thing that annoyed me the most about it, and this is something that permeates almost all of Richard Curtis movies, and I think this is why, he treats love like a disease. He treats love like... Oh, it doesn't matter. You just love someone and love conquers all. And he writes off so many poor decisions, bad choices by a lead character you're supposed to like. So many awful, awful things that people do because, well, they're in love and you can't choose who you love. Well, you bloody well can choose a bit who you love. <laughs> yes, you fall in love, but it's not like a disease. Like... What he does to Duckface at the end, I didn't even remember this, but the fact yeah. that he leaves her at the altar after getting back to her because he's because she turns up and says, oh, I've broken up with my husband. And he's just like, well, this is love calling. And says, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I've got to go. And he uses his um, deaf brother to say, look, I think he shouldn't marry you. And he runs up and it's like, you're meant to go, like he has a whole scene where he's in the kitchen to go, what have you done? He's like, oh, I've made a uh, I've made a mistake, haven't I? No, you've ruined someone's life, you arsehole. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. I hate that movie now because yeah. of that. And um, I think very much that um, Notting Hill has the same. Not quite as evil. Oh, not even. No. That's too strong a word. Not quite as arsehole, but it's still, it's like, it's, it, and that feels very much of its time. Richard Curtis, stop it. I, I, I... and also there, um, there's a lot of copycats around the same time um, a film that I actually saw quite recently um, and thought oh it must be a classic I was a bit embarrassed to not have seen Sliding Doors ah yes yes and I saw yeah. that and oh it was awful I think the concept of it's brilliant the idea is great lots of rom-coms seem to just be a snapshot in time and mm. they, they just don't age well I think a lot of these problems are they 
they're written by men. Yeah. It's like the phrase, oh, it's a chick flick, which it just shows you the problems with Hollywood that it has to be its own genre for like films that are aimed at women. It's just a genre rather than, yeah. why don't you make a film that has something for everyone? And, Absolutely. And then it, and predominantly it was written by men. So they're like, oh, let's put a bit of love in this bit. And it, but all of it is like, it's generally a flawed man who has yep. to, has to learn to be better. And then his love interest is just, has to learn to just be patient and wait for him and forgiving and wait for him yeah. to, and that's basically what it was. <laughs> Good. I think we've done movies. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah, I still think there's um, some, I'm just missing. Oh, what about things like dirty dancing ghost? <laughs> Sleepless oh, Ghost! Ghost was one that was on my list, and I just I, I didn't get round to doing. But I wanted to give Ghost a go because I I, I feel like I, I might be missing something there because I haven't seen it enough to. But people love it, and that's Ghost is potentially rightly or wrongly lauded as amazing, and I just haven't seen it um, recently enough to be able to. So, um, a couple more on my list. Uh, one I thought. You, it's a bit long and I think a lot of people say the, the love story element is, is probably not the best part about that movie. It's a good movie. It's it's quite... I think most people would say it is. It's just you and me that prefer it and others that would Maybe say that the action thing. film. Um, a couple of films that came up that I thought were left to centre choices that I could have gone for was uh, Groundhog Day and There's yeah. Something About Mary. One of them... I would say Groundhog Day. Both of them are probably... Groundhog Day, I would say yes, because but there's something about Mary as a gross out comedy. <laughs> but there, you know, it, it's still about him falling for Mary. But yeah, I think they're both better for their but, non-romantic like that's one, parts. But that's one where it's a disease, isn't it? Like everyone, there's something about Mary. Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah, yeah, there's yeah. about but five men in it that have messed their their lives up. But it's a spoof satire kind of thing, so you kind it kind of feels less horrible than it does in some of the other ones we've mentioned but it would be a so. bit like um saying scary movies one of the best horrors <laughs> yeah yeah okay let's go do tv shows TV. how did you find television horrible did you didn't like this category in this round don't know why I found it really hard and I, I'm still not happy with what I've chosen. Perhaps it's a flaw with me. Perhaps I'm just not watching the right TV shows. Perhaps my TV shows has too many um, superheroes or um, sci-fi or fantasy in them. You're going to hate half of them, I reckon. <laughs> half of them. I'm going to hate one and a half of them, aren't I? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. makes sense, yeah. Because I've gone for two quite modern ones and one oldie and a very on the nose I, again, I'm sure there's loads I'm forgetting here, but, you know, I, I'm quite happy with the three, though. Yeah, I, I felt you might be. <laughs> okay, sh well, shall I start then? Go on, then. I've gone for my first one. Came out this year. You haven't watched it. It's called Normal People, and it was the big hit of 2020. I feel like I'm walking around trying on a hundred different versions of myself. And how do you know what you want? Most of the time, I don't have a clue. You must know what you feel. Do your friends know about us? No. I feel like everything's changed. You don't want to touch me, but you get to dictate who else does. They don't really think that's what's going on here. What is it, then? I did used to think that I could read your mind at times. I don't know, maybe that's normal. It's not. 
So you haven't seen it, have you? I have not seen this. It's a weird one because it isn't really my cup of tea. And I don't really understand. When you read like the, the plot summary, it's like, how is this still a thing in 2020? And, not, and all it is is about two Irish people. They're at school, Marianne and Connell. And it starts off very much, one of them's a jock. She's a book nerd. They shouldn't get together. They start having a secret relationship. And you're like, oh, I think I've seen this. This is weird. But for some reason, you're watching it and it's just really compelling. It's focused on the two of them. Not a lot is happening, but you just get really absorbed into it. And then as the series goes on, it follows them going to college and then to uni. And their paths go different ways, but they seem to always come back together. And you know how we were talking about films where they make one of them will make a big mistake? Yeah. And it's like, you just wouldn't forgive them for doing that. This is yeah. so subtle. This is a case of one of them just, they're just not very good at communicating as young people and old people can be. And it's a case of if you had just said something there, you would have been fine and ended up together. But instead, they go on different paths, meet different people. You know, one's on a high, the other's on a low, and then they swap over. And it just goes on like that. And yeah, I ended up just actually really into it. Good. Uh, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel bad. Um, everyone, everyone says it's great. It was. Uh... Voted as one of the best TV shows of last year, if not the best. Maybe in the coming weeks or something, I will find it on iPlayer or whatever and stick it on and then I'll decide, actually, uh, I was wrong the whole time to... I didn't avoid it. That's the problem. I just didn't watch it. It's a, it's, it's a different thing. Oh, well, that's what I got. Well, what is your first one you've gone for? Okay. Um, probably the lesser of the romantic offerings from last year but it is one i watched and it is one i actually quite enjoyed and that is love life i'm, I'm augie by the way darby furby darby darby yeah Sorry, i know darby. no i've gotten furby before it's been a little bit wild have you found the one no uh, i found some losers on match.com proud of you. You've grown into this brave, resilient, independent woman. It feels really right, which is terrifying, but worth it in the end. He realized he was not ready to be in a relationship. Also, I got really drunk at his dad's wake. No, that is okay. I mean, I puked at Jim's cousin's bat mitzvah. This all happened in front of his ex-wife. Oh, okay. You win. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was good. I, I was. There's so many um, titles I found that is love, life, love, you know, um, modern love, which might yeah. come up later. Um, yeah, with um, Anna. Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I'm a big fan of hers. I thought she might become annoying. Um, she it does. Like it she always, she's always on that um, line, isn't she? Or she's on the she... line, but she's. I think the people around her are actually more annoying. So she, she definitely has the central focus. She, yeah, she has some quirks and stuff. And the first episode makes her. She seems like she's the weird one, and the and the rest of the um, um, cast are normal, but by the like second and third episodes it's a so if you haven't seen it, it's a romantic comedy anthology sort of series created by uh sam boy can see is that um 
someone in that everyone will have about seven ones or seven significant relationships before they find the one they stick to effectively roughly you know give a give a take whatever so it goes through about seven or so of her relationships is showing love in the 21st century what i like about it um is that yeah, those sort of um, sub characters, they're very much in the background as you're following her life. And then as episodes go on, they do, they come right to the forefront and you're like, oh, and you, you realize that they, you do know that character because you've seen little bits of them as it's gone along. Yeah. And it's just very clever at doing that. And then they back off again and go back to the background and then someone else will come to the forefront, depending where she is on her life, which is just like real life, isn't it? Is that people become full focus and then they yes. disappear again. And I think that yeah. and that did that really well. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it is romantic at the right times, and it, it, it ends quite well. And I think I think it's nice. And it... well, it's getting a second series, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, I see that. So we'll that, see uh, how that will go on. Yeah, cool. Both modern choices. My next one is not a modern choice. Okay, I want to I want to hear this. I'm hoping this will <laughs> uh, spark me into choosing what. My... No, I don't think it will. This is very much. Um, of its time and is the go-to romantic program in the 90s okay. and i've gone for the bbc's adaption of pride and prejudice starring colin firth mr darcy allow me to present this young lady to you she is the most beautiful creature i ever beheld she's not handsome enough to tempt me i do like him very much My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. I didn't always love him, but I love him now so very dearly. I've been a selfish being all my life. I might still have been, but for you. I didn't watch it. I, and oh, it was just... massive. How did you not watch it? Oh, it was one of the biggest things ever. Never seen it. Never seen any Pride and Prejudice. Or <clears throat> to be honest, I think ones. the reason why I chose this is because I sort of I watched it and I'm thinking, how have I watched this? I'm like a 11-year-old boy at home and it must have been on it repeated. And I think it's just because there's only four channels and you don't have a phone. And I just, and it was just, you know, people were saying, oh, Pride and Prejudice is coming back. Not you know my friends yeah. i mean just on the television yeah, yeah, yeah so i put it on you like <clears throat> i'm supposed to like this i think and they start watching it and it's just yeah then i just end up watching all of it i got quite into it <laughs> but the problem you've got with it is it doesn't make you um it doesn't give you a good um platform of the rest of your life because you're looking at mr darcy going oh that's how you get their attention ignore <laughs> them and be mean just like me with the dangerous liaisons oh that's how you uh, get a girl to like you you sort of put them down and make them feel worse no 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 don't do that <laughs> yeah and i was just like but it, i just find it fascinating i just watched this when i was 11 just this big adaption of it and got compelled by it and it's a proper love, you know, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet, and it's yeah, forbidden classic. love, classic. you know, he's so mysterious. Basically, he's I, very quiet, and then they just, she opens him up, and they fall madly in love. I find it hilarious that in two rounds, you've gone for the highbrow one 
over me going for the highbrow one. So you've gone um, Pride and Prejudice and Shakespeare in the same episode. And I'm the one scoffing at these two choices. Trying to. I'm not really, because you are right. I just... This one, I haven't seen any adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. So any of the movies, any of the TV shows, whatever, any version of it, I've never seen it. So I can't comment. Although I know probably from like, you know, Bridget Jones' diary and stuff that the idea that, you know, Miss Darcy and that, it's a classic. It's it's like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I just chose it. And I thought, well, it must have been quite good if I'm watching it when I was 11. But then there was only four channels. There was only four channels. I remember watching, uh, what was it? Lady Chatterley's Lover, Late Night, Channel 4, for that, because there's a bit of sex in it. That, I, I mean, I, I would go to bed and go, but, I uh, thought there might have been in this, but there maybe, wasn't. Maybe. But it's, it's very, you know, it's got an 8.8 um, review on the IMDb, so it's a classic, no, and, it, it, I, and yeah, it launched yeah. Colin Firth. No, I, I cannot complain. I cannot um, scoff at you. I'm actually just surprised that you are taking the high road um, and I'm not. I can't believe you. Well, that's what I'm trying to go for the proper romance stuff. You're going to hate my next joy. But I think their romance, their relationship, everything about it was done so well, much better than pretty much anything else in this show. And it made last year really good. And it's quite progressive for me. It is David Rose and Patrick in... Shit's Creek. I would like to dedicate this song to a very special someone in my life. David Rose. Okay. There he is. Right there. That's him. <laughs> Can't miss him. Can let me know if I should pull the fire alarm? Yes. I call you when I need you, my heart's on fire. You come to me, wild and wild. Come to me and give me everything I need. Give me a lifetime of promises and a world of dreams. Speak the language of love like you know what it means. And it can't be wrong. Take my heart and make it strong, babe. Cause you're simply the best. Better than all the rest. Better than anyone, anyone No, I think that's a good choice. Interesting. Okay, cool. Like, I mean, for whatever you think of this show, not you, just generally, um, it, it's, it's done enough right to um, become almost overnight everyone's favourite show. And I think the thing that it gets right, the thing that it does, and I think the reason why this show had lots of love by in its last... Um, series um and won all of the um emmys is basically to do with this one relationship which is one of the nicest relationships um i've seen on tv um shit's creek they say it doesn't really get good until season three and that's That's, because that's when patrick that's when patrick uh played by noah reed turns up and then it goes from a slightly listless out of fish out of water show to our oh, actually here's our focus you've got this eccentric um character in david but quite grounded in eccentricities he's he's because they're all eccentric but actually he's almost the least but you know he has his quirks into actually trying to have a relationship 
that is honest, true, and not about the way, not, not about his status as a really rich person and all of that. And I, I think it is played so well. It is actually really romantic. It actually um, tugs your heartstrings. There's some really wonderful moments when Patrick sings at the opening of the shop. It's a really nice bit. He does um, simply the best in a really nice stripped down version. Acoustic yeah, version, he's not stripped down. Uh, yeah, sorry, acoustic, you know, stripped back, you know, like that was really nice. A few episodes later, David is apologizing to him and does another, you know, was simply the best kind of thing. It's lovely, it's so good. And it was, it's really heartfelt, it's honest. One of the things when you have a gay relationship in a show like this often, or before this show particularly, the idea that they're a gay relationship in a hick town becomes the whole drive of their relationship. It's like them overcoming the, um, the prejudice. But that what they did really well, and I think they did Cannily was they just basically got rid of nearly all of the prejudice. There's there's no all oh, get out. I can't remember any. It's never it's never spoken about. It's never mentioned. It's never spoken about. The closest comes and it's probably one of the best acting jobs I think Dan Levy has ever done is when uh, Patrick's parents find out that he's gay or are told before he's actually come out to them and then he has this slight moment when he walks in. And he's talking to them and says that we're, we're really together, but this is his choice, whatever. They say something, the dad goes, yeah, but is it something we did or something like that? Which you see uh, Dan Levy, David's character sort of, you know, tense up and he's about to say something. And they're like, oh, not because not he's gay, because he didn't want to tell us. And then it's gone. That's it. That's the closest it comes to with any kind of homophobia, any of the usual cliches of the parents thinking he'll grow out of it, it's just a phase, all this stuff. And then it's, and it's, it's beautiful. It's a really good moment in the show. See, um, I think it was, yeah. yeah, like I didn't want to go down the route of couples and, you know, cause, but I do think with Shit's Creek, that is the focus of the show. Um, and it, like I've had problems with Shit's Creek as I've spoken about before where I like it, I watch it. You don't it. think it's funny and I've watched them all now. You know, and yeah. which is quite a lot for something I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> raving about. I just find that, you know, it's very easy watching. It's like, you know, it's just a nice warm hug. It's, but it isn't hilarious. And it does. No. And it does find its way when Patrick turns up and it suddenly it knows where it wants to go. And it's all building up. Um, I'm trying, um, to, putting her I'm trying to think of other shows to try and compare it to why this one works. But I wouldn't be happy with the other. So like Friends, Ross and Rachel, it, you know, it's great watching it, but it wasn't what made Friends Friends. And I'm thinking no. of some other sort of comedies which have a strong romance. But normally they're the sub character, aren't they? So, you yes. know, Tim and Dawn yeah. in the office or Pam and... Jim in the American office, it's there, but it's, you know, they're not yeah. really providing the laughs. Where um, Shit's Creek, it is just all around them. Okay, Wilkes, what is your final pick? My final pick is, um, <coughs> I actually mentioned the title earlier, but probably went over people's heads, <laughs> including yours. Went over mine. Um, and it's probably more of a recommendation, but I've gone for a program called Modern Love. Have you ever been in love? No one's ever asked me that in an interview before. I don't have to print it. Print what? That story that's written all over your face. Want to grab breakfast? I just met you. 
you make time for one another? In what way? Do you have date night? Yeah. yeah. What do you do? This. <laughs> oh, you're staying in New York? She's staying with us. Is that okay if you guys discuss that? We're discussing no. it right now. It's a live discussion. I'm so glad you've told me. It explains so much. Surely there's someone out there who will take me for who I am. The good, <laughs> the bad, the full story of love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, sweet love. Modern love. It's on Amazon Prime, and I found this sort of by accident. It's got a great cast, but it's basically a TV series based on the New York Times column that explores relationships, love, and the human connection. Oh, okay. So every episode is standalone, although they all live in the same yeah. world. Um, and it's got such a big um, cast. Anna, Anne Hathaway, Tina Fey, oh, Andy yeah. Garcia. Yeah, big, big names. Deb um, Patel was in it. And... Yeah, it's. I, I watched a few of these and I just got, oh, I really like this. And a bit like we were saying earlier, it's not just about, you know, your usual love. It's about lots of different love. It's about friendship. It's mm. about family. Um, there's one episode where, um, oh, what's her name? The one from How I Met Your Mother, The Mother. Yeah, Christina Milioti. Yeah, and it's just about the love that she formed with the doorman in her apartment. I love her. She's great. And it's just, yeah, it's. I, I think you would like it. Um, yeah, I, I might give it a go. And because it, and it's, and it it's standalone episodes, you might not like one of them and like the next one. Yeah, drop in, drop out. And, um, yeah. you know, there's, it's just like one of them's like a first date and they end up in A&E. So you get the classic ones like that. And then there's ones, um, the Deb Patel one's very romantic, if I remember. Nice. And it's just, um, yeah, really good to watch. I think they're doing a series two of this. Oh, one of the one of the, episode four was um, directed by Sharon Hall. Yeah, she's in I it. Like um, her. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, so I've gone yeah. for Modern Love, and I'm yeah, and I think it needs to have a little bit of love and more people to watch it. Nice. Uh, I think you convinced me. I think I will actually give this one a proper look. Yeah. What's your last one now then? Okay, this was a this was a um, this was a hard pick, as as I know, as you said, I've been I've been going back and forth. You'll, you will say, I think you've seen this, um, you will say that it's not romantic, and it's not romantic. Ah, uh, well, you failed then. The, the, the central couple is, they're very cute to, uh, together in a very difficult way, in a very hard way, and it builds this, it's, it's almost a little bit like, uh, sort of like this love story, but they're, you know, and it's nice. It's nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say what it is and let you tell me how it's not a romantic because it's not <laughs> really. But end of the fucking world. I'm James. I'm 17, and I'm pretty sure I'm a psychopath. When I was nine, I put my hand in a deep fat fryer. I wanted to make myself feel something. School was beneath me, but it was a good place for observation and selection. I had a plan. I was gonna kill someone. Hey. I've seen you skating. You're pretty shit. Fuck off. Working all day with my mind on fire. I can't stop thinking of you. I kind of think I could fall in love with him. I thought she could be interesting to kill, so I pretended to fall in love with her. Working all day with my feet on fire. This is nice. What is? I thought probably he was gay. 
You does prick. Let's leave this shithole town. I'm going whether you come with me or not. You in? I didn't know where we were going or when I was going to kill her. Do you think it's going to explode? It's not a film. I might be able to fix it. We can't just leave it here. I Do you reckon you can still fix it? Fuck. Ah. Um. British dark yeah. comedy drama. Um, Eight-part first series, Channel 4. Um, it stars uh, Alex Lothar and Jessica Barden. It's a great show. It's quirky. It's weird. Um, the lead, Jessica, is really cool and really atypically attractive as well. And I, you know, shouldn't value on that, but she is cool. <laughs> um, I, you've, you have thrown me because I, this is one of my favourite programmes of last year and I'm a big fan of it. But yeah, and I really like the sequels. Yeah, I, I like both of them. Second. But um, I, I didn't it's think not, it would. It's not a romance. It's like they have a Bonnie and Clyde kind of relationship where they come together, they build on it, they they dislike each other, but they really care and fond for, uh, are fond of each other. Yes, nothing about it is necessarily romantic, but they have an on-screen screen chemistry that makes you really root for them. Or at least I did. Yeah. At least for the first series. Well, I think really it depends where it goes, really. That's the problem with it. Like, maybe if it goes on for five <clears throat> series and then we see it play out, but it's very much two people on the run. But I, I'm not going to shit on it too much because <laughs> I kind of see where you're coming from. It's just you really just not bothered to look at romantic TV programmes. I'm sure I have, but yeah, I'm sure I've missed a load but this there is something because of the style of the show because there is there's there's a romanticizing of what they are doing it's it's a very brutal dark show quite funny at times but it, they, they make it almost dreamlike okay i think they, i think it's an it's a auto, it's a strange love story and yes i've gone left of center I, I, i've chosen one that's deliberately ambiguous i guess and i am perhaps being a bit but it is a, such a good show and i do i, I found myself because again a bit like scott pilgrim putting putting my eyes into the lead role at times i found myself just having a major crush on um and you are you do want to kill people don't you you are you are a killer, so that's why you probably related to him. And they kill by accident. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all. Strange. I think I'm letting you get away with it because I'm just a big fan of the program. But okay, I think what we have learned is that you can't sit and just watch two people fall in love. Where I can, from different, <laughs> you know, different eras. <laughs> you need them to be killing somebody in the background or you want them to be wearing capes and have an x-ray vision or something else going on i am surprised that you you are the one that's coming out as the pure romantic in this because i always pictured myself as a much more romantic kind of person and perhaps because i just don't watch enough romantic tv you seem like the romantic one and i seem like the one who goes ah, yeah have them kill someone they know it's fun that's, ex that's exactly how it is in real life it's completely it feels it completely different i'm a hopeless romantic heart my sleeve kind of soppy bollocks and you're don't like hugs and don't like too much romance and it's weird no, i'm just mr darcy just hidden underneath <laughs> just have to um dig deep
So okay, tell me some of your uh, almost hads. I, your, well, the um, one that came to my mind, which I'm surprised you didn't go for, Sugar Rush. I did think of that one. I just wanted to watch it again, and I couldn't find it to watch it again because I wanted to see. But I did think of Sugar Rush. Um, I did like that. I like that a lot. Should have gone for it. Yeah. I'd forgotten about it. Oh. I'd remembered it and forgotten about it at the same time. <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah, that, that's a much better one then. My other notable mentions that you would have disliked as well, because um, it wasn't, again, I was picking the couple or the relationship over the show. So um, one would have been Buffy. Ugh, and rubbish. Willow and Tara's relationship oh, in, that as well. in that season um, five onwards, season four onwards, actually, I think it is, is still probably one of the best depicted relationships in TV. Just as a, just a pure relationship, sub-character, whatever. Fit for each Don't other, care. it's wonderful, really good. <laughs> um, and I very almost went, again, what other relationships helped define me were good at the right time, were coming of age, and I had down before I bumped it. I had very, for a long time, I had Scrubs and um, Turkin, because yeah, only because uh, you've been listening they... to the podcast, and that's what they kept. No, but also at the time when we were when, when we, were, we we were obsessed with the show at the time it was out, and I very much saw myself as a Turk. You saw yourself as a JD, and having the Turk and Carla relationship, I think, has informed like my main relationship going on. I see me and Kate as a Kurt and Ta Kurt and Tala, oh, Turk and Carla kind of homage in our own yeah. ways. That's probably one of the most dullest relationships on camera. You're a dull relationship. <laughs> well, it, it's just about a couple that uh, gets together and then just stay together. Yeah, but that's just you know, too many um, couples on the screen have to go through breakups. No, I'm not saying it's, that. They, just... they, they, they said from the start, like uh, Bill Lawrence said, uh, they're never breaking up. They, they, you're just, you know, really, you're just doing of... their podcast now. <laughs> Are we done with TV or do you have anything else? Nope, I think we're done with TV. Are we ready for songs? Oh, songs is going to be fun. Music. Okay, music. Now, I don't know how you found with this one, music. but I found that this was just basically shooting fish in a barrel, you know, Find yeah, a song, too, many, too songs. many songs, and then you have to start thinking, well, which one's my favourite? What am I picking? Why am I and picking it? How is this coming along? What, what's this saying about me? Yeah. Am, I, am I saying it because it's the most romantic song I know, or is it because it's influenced me? Yeah, I had all and of this. And also it ends up, like the really romantic songs end up being cheesy mm -hmm. or dull, which again, I guess is what we've struggled with TV and movies as well. Mm -hmm. But I think I've got my... Th Actually, I say I think I've got my three. I've got a list of... Eight. <laughs> so I've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got a list of eight as oh. well. And then that's not all of them because I know I've yeah. thought of others since. And I've probably got another list of another at least four or five on there. Now, my criteria for, criteria for this one is that I am looking for pure love and romance. Um, I don't want it to be, you know, to be hard love when they shouldn't be together and stuff like that because that's not really a love song. And I've also... I've, and I haven't made it sexual. No sex involved, and no, you know, I can't stand songs that say I want to make love to you and stuff because it's just, <laughs> it's just weird. It's just so they're not in there. Uh, I've gone 
why I'm picking a particular song. I haven't been quite as strict as you, I don't think. So I went, right, what would be classic for me? One that is potentially soppy bollocks, but well, yeah, that's the kind of what I've, the list of bollocks. Is that what we're going to just call this episode? <laughs> soppy bollocks. Because that's basically what we're doing. And I'm sticking with my soppy bollocks. I can't believe you're the soppy one and I'm the one coming across as the well, resentful dislike of um, romance. Well, maybe just, just... I don't know. I don't know who I am today. Exactly. I don't know. You must have got me on a funny day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is your classic one you've gone for then? Are you gonna... This is the rock opera stylings of Meatloaf with his um, comeback song, um, I Will Do Anything For Love. But I won't do that. And I would do anything for love. I'd run right into hell and back. I would do anything for love. I'll never lie to you and that's a fact. But I'll never forget the way you feel right now. Okay, I think we're on the same page. Good. Okay, Meatloaf is one of my favourite all-time, all-time pop stars, whatever you want to say. I, I love the uh, exaggeratedness of him. I love the rock opera-ness. I love that it's, it's kind of glam. This song is 14 minutes long. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't be. It's a good Meatloaf song. It's a good power ballad, but... The reason why I picked this, it, it, it's it, for this, it, is talking about love. He's talking about good, trying to be good love. You know, he wants to do everything right. Can you remind listeners what he won't do? What he won't do is said at the beginning of most verses, and then he comes about, I won't do that. So, but I'll never forget the way I feel about you right now. And then later he says, but I won't do that. That's the that he's talking about. And then later he says about, um, um, maybe I'll go crazy. Maybe I'll forget you, but I won't do that. So it's not a particular that. It's oh, I thought it was he won't the... cheat. There's four things he won't do. And then you touched on ready and that was forget the way you feel right now. He said that one. Mm -hmm. um, forgive myself if we don't go all the way tonight. Oh. It's always it's always sex with meatloaf, isn't it? There's a bit of sex with oh, meatloaf. Imagine him yes, lying yes. on top of you. <laughs> do it better than I do it with you, and stop yeah, dreaming we'll, we'll of you every it. night of my life. Oh yes, and you bring me to the reason I picked this song over all of the other uh, meatloaf songs. Ten minutes. My, well, it's my favourite thing. We've we've discussed this before. One of my favourite things in uh, music, and particularly kind of rock music, is when you got a male singer and then a woman turns up with a powerful voice and yes, uh, 10 minutes into the song, we get this. No, I won't do Will you raise me up? Will you help me down? Will you get me right out of this 
and by far is probably my favorite meatloaf ism there is patty ross russo she's great it's an amazing part of the song um yeah so that's what first and it's it's all about love yeah no it's a good choice um i think a lot of these are going to be similar where we just go yeah that is a love song okay what is your first wonderful pick of this okay my first pick is again sort of from my childhood when I, you just sort of think right i'm going to sing this song at my wedding to my wife okay <laughs> but unfortunately i didn't because oh, it's very cheesy and two i don't have the vocal range that is everything i do i do it for you by brian adams Look into my heard this written down as one that i thought you would pick yeah it's it was my favorite song as a kid came out in 1993 I'm insane. it was your favorite song for quite a long time it was definitely yeah it might still even be it kind of is tops. but i know it's overplayed and it's poppy and as a kid it also helps if it's the theme tune to robin hood <laughs> the absolutely although weirdly um the film didn't think it was going to be a big hit and on the film, they um, on the original release, I think they buried it um, on the end credits. Oh. But I just remember the music video of it just being Kevin Costner. And weirdly, Brian Adams is in Sherwood Forest as well, isn't he? Just playing his guitar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still actually, even though it's overplayed and was number one for so long, I still do enjoy it. But I mean, there's a... a, a... As you said, the reason it was number one for so long and overplayed and everything else is because it is actually a really good, really good song. Uh, some more facts about it. Um, they originally wanted the song to be as if it was Maid Marian singing to Robin Hood. Yeah. How, um, but the it was deemed too bland that Kate Bush, Annie Lennox and Lisa Stanfield all turned it down. Who knew? Yeah. Well, thank you. That's, that's good. Good. Good factoids there. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. And... I just, I like, it's, it's cheesy now, but Brian Adams' voice, I just I always wanted to be able to sing like that with that gruff. Yeah. I don't even know if it's seen as gruff anymore because gruff has evolved to yeah. <laughs> being gruff. It's like pop gruff. And <laughs> I don't think there's really much I could say about the lyrics. It's pretty simple, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cheesy, fun. On the nose. Uh, but it's a power ballad as well. And it's got that um, wonderful um, where it lifts up at the end, you know. Yeah. And you can, it, hey, it's a movie one as well. So you can see why it would be used in a movie because it, it makes for quite good, uh, you know, that video. That video you never see anymore where it, it intercuts with bits from the movie yeah, and then he's playing in the that. thing. You know, you, you don't see those videos anymore. 
music videos. No, but that's my number one. What's your number two? My number two. Okay, here's where I uh, throw in a left of centre. Here's where I take things away from cheese into something a bit more modern, something you may or may not like or respond to. I don't know. I try to respond to it as we are on a podcast. We are on a podcast, but you know what I mean. Respond well to. (laughs) I think this has become one of mine and Kate's, mentioned again, favourite love songs, um, but post our wedding. It is Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. That was released in 2010, and it's by far their most famous song. They've got a bit of a cult following, but they never really broke out more than this. I picked this because it's not as on the nose or as cheesy. It's got like an indie, slightly country um, thing to it, but the sentiment is really good, and I like it. One, it's a duet again, so, you know, I, I like duets. And two, it's... Um, you know, home is where a heart is. Wherever you are is where I'd call my home. And it's nice, nice sentiment. It's cooler than Big Cheese, but it's still a love song. It's still nice. And they're, and they're singing to each other back and forth. And it has become like a big song um, that gets played quite a lot. Yeah, so... lots of adverts it's on now, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, that's the other Yeah, that's the other thing. It, it's popularity is gained from being, you know, quite advert fillery no you're definitely not showing that much romance because it's not a big it's just a nice song you know because it's a nice song and i like i like the i like the um i do really like the uh the kind of the lyrical sentiment about it i think the sentiments are good you know it's like let me come home home is wherever i'm with you yeah Uh, home you know it's like it's about nice it's good sentiment (laughs) But it's like you find home with the person. It's, oh, not, no, it's no. not the building, it's not the place. It's the person yeah. you're with is home, not... Yeah. Yes, I don't really have anything to say about it because it's just a nice little song. Bit twee. Hmm. Ah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like it. Uh, I like it. It's going to be a bit like uh, And I, I thought I wanted... I needed to pick something, you know, as we were talking about how you pick all the fish in a barrel, I felt like I wanted to pick something that sounded a little bit different to most of the other kind of love songs that you generally used to. And it does sound kind of different, so. Mm, that might change how I, f- oh, there's so many I don't know where oh. to go for. I keep it. What do you reckon? Do you reckon I should just keep on my path of these are love songs and they're probably the biggest love songs going? <laughs> I, don't, I can't choose between my seven, really. I'm going to put just slightly different and it's a different type of cheesy love song. Okay. And it's Nobody Knows by the Tony Rich Project. Wish I told her how I feel. Maybe she'd be here right now. But instead, I pretended I'm glad you went away. These four walls closing more every day. And I'm dying inside. And nobody knows. 
I'm glad I've gone for that because I, you can't ignore those 90s R&B. <clears throat> yes. And love songs. I'm glad you've gone for that as well. Yeah, that's actually that's actually really good. Just listening back yeah. to that, that, what I like is that he introduces it by saying, wish I told her how I felt, but instead. Yeah. And then he goes on and basically tells her how he felt. Yeah. It was between that or All My Life by Casey and Jojo. Oh, okay. Which I kind of think they're that's the same. nice. Yeah. Yeah, but but this one this one's nice. I I I I can yeah I I, I can see I can get it. There's there's no it feels like there's no wrong answer here, um, unless you don't like my next one. But um, is it a yeah. love song? It's about he, he lost. It's 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 a bit of a pine, isn't it? Yeah. He, 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 uh, it's heartbroken. And you know. Yeah, so that's why I've gone for the Tony Rich project. Oh, there's some great, like, um, nights, you know, with boys to men. But there was a lot of, like, I'll make love you to you songs, which I'm avoiding. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make love to you <laughs> like you want. Yeah, 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 cool. What's your next one, then? My last one. Um, again, uh, it's, it's, it's fish in a barrel. It could be any one of these ones that I've listed down here. But um, I'm going to go for what I think is probably the most soppiest one. Um, but there are, there are two versions of this song. And the most popular version is probably the one everyone knows. Um, yeah, go on. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the version everyone knows. How long will I love you? As long as stars are above you. Longer if I can How long will I need you? As long as the seasons need to Follow their plan We had a non-traditional wedding where it's just Kate and I and a beach, but we, we managed to have it played out to the to the people watching from the bar um, as we were doing our little uh, signing of the register. Yeah, it's nice. And it made Kate cry because she didn't know. I'd, I'd picked all the music for the day. She she didn't. Um, I know I mean, what you're trying yeah, to do. You're trying to make things romantic again because you've <laughs> just been soppy bollocks. No, but you're trying nice. to save it from, you know, because you're like, oh, yeah, I like this one. I guess there's a romance in it. And now you're like, oh, I better talk about my wedding day. No, 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 I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I just want to say that's why I picked it, because I thought you would probably try and knock me down for picking an Ellie Goulding song that was perhaps overplayed and feels a bit... um... I just heard Everything I Do by Brian Adams. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, and it's a cover. But like I said, the the various versions of it are still quite good. So I like that. Yeah, it's it's a lovely song, isn't it? Yeah. How long will I love you? Oh, I don't know where to go with my next <laughs> What are you picking for your last? Oh, okay. So I've got it down to... Well, I, I, was, I can't have... I was thinking with or without you, you too. But I'm not going to have that because it's actually a sad song. Because mm. I can't live with or without you. So it's about not... But, you know, she's annoying as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know which one to go for. So I've had that. I've done that. So I've got between one, two, three, four, five I could choose from. Shall I go for which I think would top most of the polls? Oh, they, they all would. Or would I, shall I have the one that I had at my wedding? Hey, that could, could bring it personal. You could do something like that. I was going to ask you, like, once we get into the also's, like. Oh, I guess I could say it in that. That is You and Me by Penny and the Quarters. You and me, you and me. 
She's on an Ikea advert as well. <laughs> nice. Um, I think what I like about that song and that sort of style, I think soul and that sort of raw sound is the best for these sort of songs because everything else starts sounding a bit dated where that just sounds genuine, I think is the word I'm looking for. Films, yeah, I, you I believe like, it, I like You that. believe the lyrics and, you know, with the power ballads, you're hearing the words, but you're not quite buying it, are you? Kind of like... Yeah. You just yeah. Know yeah, I think that's right. I think that's nice with, 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 with things like that. Like when it's a bit more stripped down, a bit rawer, um, it feels, feels honest, you're right. And you don't have all the big um, production well. with it. Same with your home feel, um, song a bit. They, they, they mm. sort of share... Apart from both being on adverts, they share yeah. the same sort of DNA. Yeah, I, I think I think that's true. I think that's good. Um, oh, that's nice. Nice way to end. Uh, well, we're not ending yet, but nice way to bring our little lists together. Yes. Right. Shall I say the ones that missed out that I really wanted to? What go were the other ones for you that missed out? Go on and see how many <sighs> we had snapped. So, I I think the, one of the best love songs is "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys. Yeah. Used in love actually yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. Up there, I was, um, lyrically, I'm a big fan of Your Song by Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. Used a lot. And I think song. that's yeah. just perfectly lyrically and it's a great love song. And I had I'll Stand By You by The Pretenders. Ah, oh, nice. I I mention, I had, as an honourable mention, Stand By Me, B.B. King yeah, or Anyone. Great. It's a lovely song, but I kind of wanted to hold it back because... It's such a good composition that almost every every band, pretty much every single band has done this at some point. I've been in three bands, two of with with Wilkes, and I've done this song. Um, it's an amazing song on its own without it being a romantic song, you know, but Stand By Me is lovely. A bit more modern, I brought it forward from what I've mostly said. So a really good one. Just The Way You Are, Bruno Mars. Um, oh, cheesy. Oh, I mean, they all are. But it's I really know, good. But I see it irritates me that one. Um, and I put that in the same bracket as the two others that get played in that sort of way. And it's um, All of Me, John Legend, and um, I Won't Give Up On Us, um, the other one. I can't remember his name now. I won't give up. Yeah, that yeah. one. The good, good, good modern choices with that kind of cheesy um, current R&B kind of soul slightly. Yeah, it, it, there's so many, yeah, like, I not. think three quarters of all songs are going to be about love. Yeah. You know, so we can't Absolutely. list them all. You know, Lewis Capaldi's doing stuff at the moment. Ed Sheeran, yeah. all these songs. Ed Sheeran, I, 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 yeah, that's, it's a nice song, um, uh, Thinking Out Loud, but Ed Sheeran has just been run into the ground. What about, like, the old, class, you know, things, Unchained Melody? Um, Unchained Melody was great, but then it was, you know, um, Robson and Drome. And, and then they made it really great. It. What? <laughs> but they didn't mock it yeah. that much because it went back to number one. There was no coolness. It's not cool. None of these songs are really cool. Aeros, I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, I used to love, the, I used to love the movie tie-in with the pop ballad. Yeah. You know, Celine really, Dion, really My good. Heart Will Go On With Titanic. Yeah. I had uh, The Book of Love um, by Peter Gabriel. 
Yeah, we can't, we can't carry on just listing every love song. We'll just be listing songs. Yeah. Listing songs. Cool. So let's All go right. back and let's do the best of the best. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best, sir. Best of the best of the best, sir. Really excited and he has no clue why we're here. So what were your films? My films were When Harry Met Sally, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and Cruel Intentions. And I had The Notebook, Romeo and Juliet and Wedding Singer. Oh, it's quite tricky. That's a tricky one. Right. Let's get rid of a few. Um, yeah. Get rid of Scott Pilgrim. Okay. All right. Fine. I guess we could get rid of Cruel Intentions as well because, you know, sentiment aside, it's, it's, a, it's a bit problematic these days. I thought that was your best guess. Ah, interesting. Interesting. I, I think my best one is still oh, no. Harry Met Sally. Yeah, it is, I actually. Think yeah. 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 I think that's the one that wins. Uh, as a, like, you could have the default answer because of... Uh, Romeo and Juliet, but I kind of don't want to give it to you because it's Romeo and Juliet. No, I have When Harry Met Sally. I like that. Okay. Okay. Cool. TV. Ooh. So I had Normal People, <laughs> Modern Love, and Pride and Prejudice, the T- BBC TV adaption. And I had Love Life, Shit's Creek, and End of the Fucking World. <laughs> right, so none of yours. <laughs> Shit's Creek is good. It's not okay, winning fine. the best romantic show, though, is fine, it? Fine, fine, fine. You haven't seen any of N- mine. I haven't seen any of yours. There's, Normal people, because yeah. it's popular and modern, and yeah. it probably will be remembered as a really good show. Let's for go a long for time. Normal People. And then for okay. songs, I had You and Me by Penny and the Quarters, Everything I Do, Brian Adams, which is going to win this, and I won't have anything else. <laughs> and um, it doesn't even matter what my other one was. Oh, Tony Rich Project, uh, Nobody Knows. I had uh, How Long Will I Love You, Eddie Golding. I had Home, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. And I had I Will Do Anything for Love, Meatloaf, who should win, but I will let you have Everything I Do Brian by Adams. Brian Adams. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Good. Good. Yes. All right. Well, that's the end of our Love Dovey. Lovey Dovey. Soppy Bollocks episode. Okie dokie. <laughs> well, all right. please get in touch if you think we got it all horribly wrong, which we probably have. And I have. think we probably have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Everything.